This is Cohesion, Concepts and Context, where we unpack and explore everything from architecture to the human experience around design. I'm Al Kalkadi. In today's episode, World Citizen, we explore worldviews of creating by honoring our heritage sites, national parks, natural landscapes, and leveraging this ethos to encourage others to do the same in their part of the world. Hey everyone, my name is Malik Kokadi and I am joined here with John Petrini. John, welcome to today's podcast. It's great to be here. This actually uh, podcast is, is near and dear to my heart. A few years ago, uh, being born and raised in Ireland, the NBC of Ireland asked to do a documentary on our family and the hundreds of thousands of people we've coached uh, across the country. And it was a documentary series called The Irish Tigers. And it was the concept of, you know, people from this small island coming to America and impacting Americans in meaningful ways. And we asked them, the producers, why do they want to do that, this documentary about us? And they said uh, they're fascinated with the perspective that we as Irish people from the small island bring to a larger section of the world, the audience, the American population. And it was beautifully done. It was very respectfully done. But I've never forgotten that, that everybody has perspective. Uh, if you look at Zaha Hadid and you know her work around the world, um, people have perspectives from their own world, their own background, their own heritage, their own traditions. And one of the things growing up in Ireland was that our school system insisted that we go to these thousand-year-old structures and monasteries, and they had the most amazing, uh, what we would call here, state parks, and they would envelop us in uh, the land and the environment, and it really struck home. And so for me, in our world now, fast forward to today, and working with you and celebrating our friendship, I've got to see you do the same thing that uh, we Irish tigers have done, which is just to simply look at something that everybody sees, but looks at it in a different direction. For you, you know, we've talked about you going to Petra in early age, etc. What's your impression of these incredible uh, state parks and um, Zaya National Park? You know, yeah, I think, I think it was like a, it's, a, it's a mix. It's a it's interesting because in Jordan, growing up there, you know, I was there till I was about nine years old or so and we had the dead sea in our backyard we had petra in our backyard amazing and we you know the wadi rum was our playground and the red sea was just you know steps away from our summer um house and where we would go and spend time in aqua and I, I really enjoyed the mix of all of those things growing up i didn't really know what the things were you know my parents would take us there and i appreciated petra because that was like my first 
interaction with like an architectural kind of marvel or wonder and really just soaking that in when I was like, you know, five or six years old and riding towards the treasury. I think a lot of that was the, the sheer scale and uh, sense of overwhelm that kind of overtakes you when you experience something like that and experience that reveal as you're kind of going through those, you know, slot canyons, making your way with anticipation towards this this moment in time that the Nebuchadnezzar people, you know, essentially kind of curated and uh, mapped out in a very specific and intentional way just showed their their uh, their playing skills, the, the magnitude of skill set, uh, all of those different things kind of run through your mind over time. But at first, you're just kind of like overwhelmed taking in everything. And then a lot of those was through the desert landscapes. And I just really, that's all I knew, you know, it was all about everything was red, everything was very Martian landscape-like, everything was- Otherworldly. Yeah, it just, it it's otherworldly, but it was normal to me. You know, that was my normal. And so then yeah. coming, coming to North America and coming to the States, it, that was, it, it was also otherworldly to, in my perspective and in, in my eyes because of how different everything was and uh, the different landscapes and being immersed in the different landscapes and slowly learning about state parks and national parks and how important they were to our landscape and to, to our society as a whole because really those are the, the pieces that we have that have not been touched by um, all of our developments and uh, uh, they're the most uncensored aspects of our society. Uh, they were like that hundreds and thousands of years ago. They'll continue to be like that. So in my mind, there's, it's just a, this uh, this capsule of these really important spaces that we have to take care of and really get to appreciate and learn from because they, they haven't been touched. And I think that there's something really beautiful about that and their natural beauty. And Something that's interesting to me you know, with you being Jordanian and I'm being Irish and we have we have these very ancient, ancient places that we've grown up with. I didn't think about it until later is that the places that we have visited uh, to look for, you know, uh, inspiration. One of the things I found very interesting is how Sarah Brecht Branner has this very famous saying that says, let the space speak to you. And we would go to these incredible viewpoints um, and we wouldn't take out our phone or we wouldn't take out our camera. We would literally absorb it. And it wasn't until I started looking at other people who would pull up to a viewpoint and the first thing they would do is put a piece of technology between them and the incredible majestic scenery. Uh, can you talk about how you let the space speak to you, um, you know, as this otherworldly perspective that you've grown up with? I think there's like, there's so many elements that come come into play because you, you really gotta take in the, the context of where you're at, how things were done, especially if like a space has so much history and space I mean as in like just the overall environment and mm -hmm. the landscape of everything and 
how you're trying to kind of jump in. It's kind of like a game of double dutch, you know, everybody's mm. going at, yeah. okay? and then you have to figure out kind of when is the right time to jump in. How do you jump in? How do you integrate yourself? How do you um, become part of the dialogue that's been there for a very long time and not, uh, and, and how do you add to it? Uh, and, and do it in a way that's going to um, speak for itself when you're not there, trying to explain it um, as other people experience it. I think that, that a lot of those things go through my mind as I'm approaching a project or trying to respond to uh, a context or a landscape or, you know, all of those different things come, come into play. Um, and also even like culture and like really understanding um, each landscape and where they're at has their surrounding, you know, each park or each region has their immediate culture that's around that, you know, whether it's Native Americans, whether it's the Nevitines in the Middle East, whether it's, you know, the Bedouin tribes, whether it's, you know, there's, uh, there's a lot of these different um, factors that come into play and, and how you take them into account and respond to them effectively. I think it makes a big difference on the vocabulary of a building or even a design designing of a space. I also think it's very interesting that it's almost like um, uh, the U.S. authorities are trying to help people embrace the space versus what their impulse is. So, for example, California has a thing called the super bloom right now. And the super bloom is comes from you know, obviously being rained on a lot. And it's just thousands of acres of these incredible uh, flora and fauna. And the authorities have begged people to stay to the pathways and not, you know, be trying to lie on everything and uh, do selfies and photo shoots and etc because the super bloom is actually designed to uh, have a natural purpose in terms of propagating and people are responding to it and it's just interesting to me that the uh, authorities are asking people to embrace their surroundings in a more ancient way than a a modern way of of capturing it digitally um and uh, ostensibly damaging. Uh, I think that's why education or educating people is such an important aspect, but also you kind of don't want to force information down. Right, uh, right. People, you know, um, and so the, the, the way that I've gone about it and I thought it was really effective for me was to utilize the medium of hospitality mm. as a way to educate people and share with them um, the sustainability aspects that I've been able to implement in my design work or in my spaces and having them learn through that about say what like off-grid living is like or what these natural landscapes are they're done in a way that is so subtle and it's more about the experience and how they're integrated into the experience and it becomes more of an aha moment versus like here you can't do this you can't do that you know it just doesn't really is not as effective. And so I think that the way of using that as an icebreaker, using education to expose people's mindsets to um, the importance of uh, 
certain events that happen in the landscape uh, and doing that in a fun way while they're spending a weekend away and they're trying to disconnect from their day-to-day -day life and they're really just trying to embrace being out in the landscape but also being informed at the same time I think is so important because you're able to kind of curate this experience through the circulation of space and how you're navigating different aspects of a space and what are important things that you can mention about that experience and what they're doing there and how they're getting that electricity or how they're navigating through that passive design and how the, the space is cooling and heating itself and all of those different elements come into play and you kind of give, give them like little tidbits. I think it also starts to paint like a bigger picture and people can take it at face value. People can dive into it deeper if they wanted to. Um, I think all of those things come into play and education, it really comes down to to that and to communication about how to relay that to the you know to the to, to the people in general. I'd love you to expound on this, but one of the things that your properties and your designs have in common is to look out and to look up. Every one of your properties has these horizon less kind of panscapes. And then also with light purity, the ability to look up and I'll never forget the space station going by, but even more than that, the silence and the stars. So looking out and looking up, you cannot do in a city, you cannot do in a town. And yet one of the commonalities that you bring into the perspective is to look out and to look up. Well, I think you can look out and look up in the city. You're just not gonna get the same effect um when you when you are out near these uh natural landscapes and out kind of away from all the light pollution and i think that's where the power of storytelling equals mm. the landscape and it becomes really important whether it is here in the united states or it's across borders or in, in different cultures i mean if you just look at all of the different heritage sites around the world and there's something to always do with the North Star and astrology and sun coming up and you know the sunrise and the sunset and the equinoxes and how to, how that all plays with the, um, how the light hits different structures and stuff like there's such a there's a common thread across the board that I think will never go away um, as long as the stars are above our heads and all of these natural landscapes are blooming and doing what they are what they do best and we don't. Um, get in the way of interfere with that process. Mm, mm. I think there's always something that we could continue to explore and learn from and uh, continue to have that, that aspect of storytelling because it's a great way of communicating. It's a great way of teaching younger generations, but also informing yourself about how you can respond to uh, things in your own environment. So taking that experience, the educational aspect of that experience through the spaces that, um, that for example that i design and hopefully people can take that into their own homes and figure out how they can apply it in their own filter to make maybe a small bit of impact um, or change in their day-to-day -day life that can eventually add to the greater good you know I think those speaking really of the greater good you have uh, a natural focus on the future and on the bigger picture um you know, we have global issues coming on, we've got climate change coming on, we have uh, people who are having to move away from their settings, uh, impoverished people, um, people looking for human dignity, uh, simple human rights. 
Um, can you talk on one of your long-term desires uh, to impact these people around the world? I think it's to make everybody feel, at the end of the day, people want to have, a, they want to seek shelter, they want to have food, and they want to feel safe, mm, and mm. they want to be able to prosper and grow, because I think we all want the same things, you know, we all, intuitively, I think we all want to be happy, we all want to be able to connect with one another, we're social creatures, and um, whether you're coming from a country that's, you know, coming from war or a country that's uh, developing. Um, I think everybody across the board wants to belong and wants to have a fair chance in succeeding and growing and become, you know, be the best that they can be. Um, I think that's what's so great about uh, the opportunity to, to be able to migrate to the States and be able to do what I do here and honor my roots at the same time. I think that is is uh, is a powerful thing, and to be able to 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 do that with um, staying in tune with where you know where I came from and the history and the heritage that comes from that region and that part of the world, essentially, kind of is like the epicenter of so much of the culture and so much of the um, the origin of people and global society and all of these different. Um, Part of uh, of our of our civilization today. Sure. It's also interesting to me that some of your uh, simpler designs that are transportable or duplicatable, you've had response from very very uh, opposite parts of the world uh, interested in your designs. Um, wh what's something you'd like to see? Uh, people respond to when it comes to um, these the simple shelters or these simple uh, designs that you have. What would you like them to to experience? I think for them to be inspired, for them to be able to have an aha moment, a light bulb go off, and mm. maybe that's a an experience that they had with the space that then they can take and run with it, or um, seeing what their perspective on it was and what their experience of it was because there's this thing you kind of put you put you put something out there it could be subjective some people may like it some people may not people react and respond to things completely differently but then there's like an overall consensus of how um in response to the space and i think it's it's great to see all of these different kind of outcomes uh, from that same experience that people go through and taking that and i take that and i grow as a designer so I can implement it even uh, better the next time around or I'm developing a, a new concept or something of that sort. But then for people to also take that and run with it themselves because it becomes like a small little think tank in a way of all of these different experiences happening and um, education and communication, you know, is kind of the main forms of communication through, through that experience. So it's almost like you provide a creative structure slash platform for people to embrace it uh, or uh, utilize it in a way that uh, is distinctive for them. Yeah, pretty much. I think that and then using that, um, using those mediums, those architecture uh, spaces as a medium to continue that dialogue while being 
uh, having while having the background or the backdrop of a national park or a beautiful uh, landscape or heritage site or near it, you know, um, as as this uh, grounding point to that experience. I think that's uh, to me becomes very exciting because you're becoming an extension of something that has so much history and so culture and so much. Uh, uh, life to it that has occurred before we were all even here and it will continue to evolve over time and I think that to me that's really exciting because every part of the world will have something completely different and a completely different landscape and being being able to respond to that specific context and that specific site and that specific culture um, makes it that much more appealing to integrate into it versus just having it canvas of a copy and paste method. One of your major projects uh, out in the Mojave Joshua Tree area, um, it reminds me of it's super modern, but also very ancient, you know, Middle Eastern kind of uh, last the test of time, can endure the elements. It's like this multilingualism of um, taking California, Florida, America, and then Jordanian uh, aesthetics and putting them together. But I am so struck with how these buildings will be around long after I take my last breath on this planet. Do you want to talk about how you've infused that um, multilingualism that is so common for you you know, you've taken this globalized perspective and put it into designs, you know, the space, the architectural experience. Do you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Because it's very unusual. Yeah, I think I think it goes back to the context again, you know, and how you're responding to a space and uh, environment. And to me, that came naturally with that project and working through that project and how to deal with things like the heat and the cooling and mm. the passive design and uh, creature comforts, uh, having a space be the uh, medium to invite people in, but then push them out to the outdoors because the whole point is to be outside and to reconnect with that natural environment that's around those structures. And so I think a lot of that was super important to me and just the simple aspects of you know, how you enter, how you move through the space, everything is very um, minimal and not complicated uh, uh, visually as you move through the space and experience it. Um, but the fact that they are poured in place and they will not be going anywhere, uh, I think that was something that's so great when it comes to the thermal barriers with the with the, with the walls and the way the layout of the spaces are, it all plays such a big role, even with like the, the, the portal on the second floor, the metamorphosis of the first prototype and just the way that it allows you to experience that segment of airspace and uh, the stars above is quite magnificent in the zero uh, light pollution atmosphere that's there. It's also interesting to me that you can take technology and make it beautiful, whether it's uh, a solar structure or um, a solar skin on uh, a barn on this farm. But what's interesting to me is that 
on some of your projects, uh, the sellers of the land wanted you to return, you know, a good 50% of this land to its original state. Um, you know, that, that uh, the Mayflower could have discovered. Um, what do you think the importance of technology in making a space functional while honoring, restoring the land around it to its original um, space, original authenticity? I mean, technology, I think overall is, as a construction industry, I feel like we still struggle a lot as a whole for, for them, for the entire industry to catch up mm. on the build aspects of things. I feel like there are other industries that are way ahead of the construction industry. Um, I do think technology has definitely, the digital aspects of the different softwares has really helped propel the design um, and collaboration aspects to a project. It's definitely made it more global and more interconnected uh, and you've able to have various types of resources from all over the world just being on the over the internet you know and having a quick google chat with someone or a quick zoom call um about informing yourself on different aspects of a project that wasn't necessarily uh that readily available before so i think it allows us to um get deal with less of the logistics and focus more on the design and having more resources at hand to make more informed decisions. I think those are all, you know, really great aspects. I do think though as as a industry as a whole, there's still a lot a long ways to go in regards to really streamlining that that build process and how to be uh more sustainable and more efficient when it comes to, to uh, a build and, and the carbon footprint that each construction site plays a role into and how to do that in the most efficiently possible and technology i think will definitely help us with that and has been um it's just more on how to apply it to the masses i think it will be really uh something that will continue to develop in the coming years for sure it's uh in Ireland, we have a thing called Shanakti, which is Gaelic for storyteller. Um, and if you think about it, in the 17th century, we weren't traveling very much. We were sitting around fireplaces uh, at eight o'clock at nighttime and recounting our lives or days, or we were telling fancy full tales. Um, and it, it reminds me almost of the Bedouin culture of where they gather at nighttime to recount stories and tales. One of the things that I've noticed with you is that you have fundamentally created a springboard, a greenhouse, a platform for people uh, to experience their own story on something that you've created. Could you quickly like tell us about the surprise response we've had from people telling us how they've created individual stories on your property? Yeah, I mean, it, it becomes kind of this like endless thing where you don't realize how people are gonna respond to something until you start to get that feedback. And it was so interesting to hear the different perspectives like I touched on a little bit earlier. It, 
the different outcomes that people have and the different experiences they explain about different aspects of the space and how they utilized it and what it uh, what impact it made onto them um, during their stay. And again, this is like just over a 48 hour period. So it's, it's really interesting to kind of get a little glimpse of that and extract that data and that feedback and figure out how to apply it into future projects. Mm -hmm. And um, people from all walks of life, from all over the world, from different languages, from um, backgrounds, cultures, like you name it, it's, it's that's why I think it, technology is important because we're able to travel all over the world. We're able to come and coalesce in these different spaces and these different environments globally and be able to provide feedback or insight or input or to even just experience something in solitude. I think mm. that there is a beauty, beauty to that. Mm -hmm. And um, I've been fortunate enough to be able to extract all of that information and continue to, to learn from it and to continue to propel my craft and um, my approach to design well after completing my thesis work and all of that in school. And so it's been kind of like a real world application slash educational experience for me um, to be able to take all of that insight uh, and uh, people's experiences. Well, I'm hoping we can, I'm hoping we can share uh, more of our stories of the collective experiences that people have and, uh, there's much more to talk about in future episodes, but uh, really enjoyed today. Yeah, thank um, you so much, John. I and appreciate it. and we, we wish all uh, everybody listening uh, some wonderful personal experiences for themselves.